like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for people who run illegal seances with their siblings. (laughs) I want to do it with you. Should we do seances? Yes, that can be our second podcast. (laughs) I don't know if it works over the air. I I think all of our... Karen, I think if we're doing a fake seance, we can sell anything. Yeah, but how will people see all the the razzle dazzle that we have to invest in a whole lot less razzle dazzle than the folks in this book <laughs> be much more of like a sensing over the podcast airwaves kind of situation i see i see all right well yeah. you've got the vision get it vision me okay I don't I'm, know. I'm imagining i'm imagining you putting your fingers to your temple and going ah salmon skin roll <laughs> and if <laughs> what i don't get it it's a friends reference. Oh. I'm I'm gonna leave this in just to see who my friends fans are out there because it is a classic episode. I'm so sorry I let you down. Oh, Karen, it's really okay. I I knew that I knew that joke you weren't on my audience for. Okay, but I felt compelled to do it anyway. I'm really sorry. I hate it. I hate it when I have. I a didn't miss. mean to make you feel like an outsider right off the bat. <laughs> That's on me. Anyway, um. Back to the seances, which is what we're here for today. Um, so just in time for spooky season, we are we are gathered here today to discuss Nancy Drew and the ghost of Blackwood Hall. Oh, yes, we are. Yes, we yes, are. Yes, so Karen. Okay. Let us embark upon our thought to ponder for today. Okay. Art thou ready? I am. That's, that's so, I'm so, I'm so, you are a great medium. I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you. It's kind of like Victorian slash Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you were going to go see a medium or attend a seance, try to con- you know commune with the deceased, who would you be trying to talk to and what would you ask them? Oh, and anyone. I can talk to anyone. 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 I... On the other side of the veil, as it were. Uh, the... like you... Not me. Unless something bad's happened. Well, no. But, oh my yeah. gosh, no. I can. T- I'm talking yeah, you to you right now. <laughs> exactly. Right. My knee-jerk reaction, and I, I may change my mind later, but I guess that's the purpose of the rapid-fire ponder thought. Um, mm-hmm. I yep. want to no preparation. I want to talk to Amelia Earhart. Oh, you went famous. Okay. I want to be like, girl, where'd you what go? What happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, tell me literally everything and even Uh if she was like i will tell you and no one else can know like i'm not going to gain any like notoriety from this or like solve the mystery that's fine i just want to know personally i totally understand there are a lot of those that i'm I'm with you on that that's a good one and then i do that thing where it's like i call you and i'm like so i'm not supposed to tell anyone this but you're my best friend so i'm gonna tell you (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm gonna be like i'm calling tmz dear buzzfeed (laughs) 
and they're going to be like, and who, who did you get this information from? Directly from Amelia Earhart herself. From the the woman herself. Who would you, okay? Yep. Who would you summon slash speak to? <laughs> my, my immediate thought was grandmother for her chocolate chip cookie recipe. Oh, <laughs> legit. But, th- but then I was like. Am I thinking too small? And the answer is like, probably yes. Um, I guarantee you that recipe was on the back of something. It's it's not, it's not, I don't. You've set me up for the second friends joke of the episode right here. And it was completely unintentional. <laughs> what is it? There's this whole joke in Friends about how Phoebe's trying to find like the world's best, her, her mother's, who is deceased, her mother's chocolate chip cookie recipe and um somehow she she says she she associates it with the french chef uh nestle toulouse oh my god stop it i love it yeah anyway that was perfect setup but now i'm like now now who would i want to talk to yeah expand your horizons the world i'm not saying you shouldn't talk to our grandmother because that's fantastic but no, but yeah, I mean, it's probably in a recipe box anyway. I might be kind of blowing my shot. <laughs> um, I don't know. Mine would probably be like um, similar to yours, but like I, I would I like there are a couple of true crime scenarios Ooh. that I'm like real interested in knowing like what happened. And you'd like to so, share with a yeah. class? Um, No. <laughs> All right. Well, we will leave the slew thing to you. I, I'm gonna. I, I need to. I need to think about it some more. But yes, I'm. I would have to whittle that. Like maybe, uh, like Black Dahlia. I would love to have that one solved. I don't know why, but as soon as you started this train of thought, that was the case that popped into my mind as well. I'm mm-hmm. not joking. Yeah, that's that's definitely one that I have follow up questions for oh get out there and get those mm-hmm. facts you're gonna solve the black dahlia murders i'm going to you're gonna find amelia <laughs> locate amelia Earhart. this is great you and you might get a two for one she could be like oh yeah i fell in love with elvis <laughs> and <He's> still here <laughs> he's like hey sweetheart <laughs> this is turning into like a real yes and improv scenario right now <laughs> i love your willingness to go down the path <laughs> go down the ponder thought journey together Oh, well, since we have tied all of that up, um, I would love to steal your thunder (laughs) and say this week, I'm going to announce our new patrons from Patreon. We love you all so much. We are our little Helen Corning, our Helen Corning besties. Mm. We freak out every time we get the email that one of you has joined us on this journey. We cannot thank you enough. So huge shout out to Wanda, Jenny, Paula, and Sarah Beth. Uh, You all, y'all are our true ride or dies, just like Helen. Just like Alan. The greatest character in Nancy Drew. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> um, yeah, like, true story. Every time we get notified that we have a new patron, whoever gets it, who whoever gets the email first is, like, calling the other one. Like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. So, yeah, you just make our days. Um, anyway, on that note, we've been trying to come up some with, like, some additional cool perks for our Helen Cornings. So... One thing that we've decided, and this is just a little heads up in case anybody else out there wants to get in on the action, um, we are going to let our Patreon patrons vote on to pick our Super Sleuth books. 
So yes. we're we're like compiling all of the suggestions that have come in, but then the the actual vote to pick will go to our patrons. So if you want to be part of the pick, um, totally get it. We do too. Uh, but just join us over on Patreon. And if you are already a patron, then just keep an eye out. We'll be putting that out probably in the next couple of weeks to vote on a title for our next Super Sleuth, which I don't have the date in front of me, but it's going to be kind of like around the Christmas holidays, whatever. Ooh, a holiday, you know. a holiday mystery. A, holi- a holiday super sleuth. I love so. it. And also, like, Kelly and I will read anything, so, like, y'all y'all can seal our fate. So. <laughs> you have a lot of power. <laughs> you have so much power. And, and yeah, I mean, yes. But yes. We, we kind of read a lot of random stuff. We do. I mean, we've read 25 Nancy Drew books now in the last year, so... <laughs> That's true. The world is, is our true. oyster. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you been up to in the last two weeks, Karen? Because haven't talked to you at all. So <laughs> I missed that aside. That's very funny. We talk to each other like a hundred times a day and I Twice love it. Twice a day. <laughs> um, I debated whether or not to share this with everyone. And then I was like, you know what? I'm in my late thirties. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm cool or not anymore. I don't care. So I have decided. First, I don't even know what you're going to say, but everybody that I know thinks you're cool. I don't know why, but that's very nice of you to say. Uh, I went to the Michigan Renaissance Fair this weekend. Yes, you did. And I dressed up in my outfit and I had so much fun, period, amen. I love. I am so thrilled to hear this. I love the Ren Fair. I have loved it since I was in fourth grade, and I went on a field trip, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing in the world." I've always dreamed my whole life of having an outfit. I finally got one right before the pandemic started, and this weekend was my time to shine, and I am so happy. <laughs> so you know, like not to play dumb, but I of course knew you were doing this, and I saw pictures and everything. And first of all. There is nothing not cool about that. I think it's very cool. And the most cool thing is just enjoying what you enjoy and being who you are and not caring if anybody else out there is like, well, that's not cool. Who cares? That is so true. And you know what was really cool and like very freeing (laughs) is that on the way there. So I went with my very dear friend Sam and with Garrett and we stopped at Starbucks on the way to the Mm -hmm. Ren Fair nowhere near the Ren Fair. This was still here in Ypsilanti. And I just, and, and Sam and Garrett were not dressed up and I just go busting in in my like pirate wench outfit. Yes. Be- before you continue, describe for the good of the group, your, your costume. I feel like it, I've, I've curated it, is it over a course is it, of time. Is it okay to call it a costume or I, is it? I think, I, I guess, I don't know. Your garb? Your garb? Your Probably yeah. garb. That sounded good. Um, I think it kind of skewed piratey a little bit because I really like black. So I have like a black corset mm-hmm. and a black skirt and like I've got a mm-hmm. big mug tankard that hangs off of my belt yes. and like other things that hang off of my belt. Yes, my the accessories are my favorite part of it. Me too. I've got all kinds of stuff hanging yeah, off like my belt. It's like a charm bracelet for your waist. And it's re- I, that mug weighs like a hundred pounds. I like put it on I, my belt I and I'm like, like, that looks like oh. a serious mug. Yeah. I felt safe. Yeah, I thought you were kind of like listing to the left a little bit. <laughs> I 
I was. I was. Were you just like walking in a gentle circle I, all day long? And people had to keep redirecting my path. They're like, you're just, you're, she keeps going back to the to the entrance. She keeps, she's in the bushes constantly. Oh my God. But yeah, so we bust into this Starbucks and I had already forgotten that I was not, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday dressed like everyone else. And like two people said something to me and they were like, I love your outfit. You look amazing. And I got like weirded out. I was like, why are all these people being so nice to me? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> because people are just like, I'm dressed abnormally and people are celebrating it. It was so nice. Yes. Isn't it nice though that like, I feel like that's happening like hopefully more like I've encountered it more in the past couple of years where I think people are at least being more vocal about supporting just other people I agree like go on with your bad self you look amazing you do you and I was like you know what that was lovely and I'm I am surprised that you have not gotten into like cosplay you know Kelly I've thought about it because I also really love sewing and I love theatrical things and I yeah. I have so many hobbies as do you yeah that's okay and I'm like have I don't one. know if I can have any more <laughs> why not let's do it let's have another one I'm out of space and out of hours in the day you are you're not out of space <laughs> you have a whole you have a whole craft room oh that's and true. hours in the day I just say sleep less <laughs> I love sleeping though. It's I know it's like it's actually my first favorite. It's hobby. a top hobby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will defend that hobby for a long time. Well, I'm super excited you got to do that. I know you've been like hanging on to that costume for a while or your garb because like COVID hit, you know, and it was not okay to convene even in open air renaissance festivals there for a while so totally um if enough people like say something about it i will unearth a photo from this weekend and we can post it on our instagram (laughs) oh yes yes so uh comment on our instagram post about the episode and tell karen you want to see her in our in her get up and uh, my my ren fair suit Your Renfair suit. Yes. <laughs> okay, next year you're gonna have to up the ante and we'll make a Renfair suit for one of your dolls. <gasps> oh my god. And then you can have a baby. I, somebody did have like a demon baby they were carrying around and it was I didn't say demon baby. No, I know, but someone was going adjacent to what you're proposing and mm. and carried this Took it too far. And it, it was very realistic and it I did a double take. Mm. I I'm not about the the, the realistic babies. It, it froke me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you got froked. I did. <laughs> anyway, is that the past participle of. I think so. Freaked? Diagram that. I don't sentence. know what a participle is. <laughs> I don't either. I, I like using it, but despite my English major, I have no idea what a participle is. Some like young person is listening to this right now. They're like, "Oh my god!" Tell me. Okay, tell me about your life. What did you do? Okay, so the highlight for my past two weeks was I got to go see Hamilton over the weekend. Oh my so, God. like, basically, while you were Ren Faring, I was Hamiltoning. I'm so jelly. And yeah, it was, I mean, it's Hamilton. It, it's great, right? Um, and I say this as like no brag or anything, just I have gotten, I have been lucky enough to see this show like six or seven times because of the fact that I work. You in performing arts centers are employed and, in the performing arts. Yes, 
correct where Hamilton's but like this has been one of the only times where I've actually gotten to like sit in a seat and watch as an attendee and not like have a little bit of an employee hat on yep yep and so anyway it was lovely it was super fun but I will tell you like in the land of like full-blown embarrassment like I cried my eyes out despite like the only reason I brought up how many times I've seen this show is like I know what's going to happen right like (laughs) I I am super duper aware I know all the lyrics I know all the music I know exactly what's going to happen and I still wept like a child for like the last 30 minutes of this show to the point where I was like I'm gonna hiccup like or like do a in a moment like, of know, silence like a rattle like intake in a moment of silence you know they're gonna be like it's quiet uptown and like from the balcony you're gonna hear me do like a death rattle <laughs> as i try to suck in air you know i completely so, get that yeah most of the last half of act two is just me trying to like control my breathing um so anyway it was awesome but I, part of why i bring it up is because like um you know, pretty major element of that whole story is uh, duels. Yep. And there are duels in the book, Karen. There is a infamous duel in the book that we are yeah. discussing today. That's there, so true. You know, to be fair, there are also duels at a Ren Fair. They're Kelly. They call them jousts, I believe. But, you know, same sitch, right? We should, the name of this episode, we're just like duels for days. Duels everywhere. Hmm. So... Karen, so this concludes my update. So that being said, let's move on to my new favorite portion of the show for which I provide free sound effects, aka recommendation station. Woo woo! Love it. I have one recommendation this week. Hit me. There is a movie on Netflix that I think came out this weekend. I don't know. But it it was all over my Netflix. Like, watch me. You'll love me. And I did watch it and I did love it. Ooh, what is it? What is it? What is it? This film is called Lou, L-O-U. And I put it on in the background because I was going to do some work. And I'm like, oh, I'll just have some background noise. And about three minutes in, I was like, nope, nope. I put my laptop down and then sat there wrapped for like two hours. It is fantastic. Really? Uh, is it Allison Janney? I don't that. I feel terrible that I don't know. Yes. From West Wing. I'm Googling it. I'm pretty sure it's Allison Janney, who is the press secretary on West Wing, and I will love her forever. Yes, that is her. That is her. And she is amazing. She is the main character. And all I will say is that clearly on this podcast, we love badass women with agency who take matters into their own hands. And that is the definition of this movie. Awesome. 10 out of 10. Like maybe watch that tonight then. I think you should. It's really, really good. There are things you don't expect coming. It's action packed. Mm. It's touching. Oh, loved it. All the things. Awesome. Think great recommendation. Thank you. Do you have, do you have any recommendations? I do. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce a a very little known author, Alice Hoffman. (laughs) (laughs) obviously kidding okay <laughs> obviously kidding. um <laughs> just you know, it's a joke it's a joke um <laughs> so i i kind of stumbled into the practical magic series a couple of months ago and like most people know the movie practical magic which came out in like i think in the 90s sometime yeah and it's it's my girl sandy bullock and rizzo from greece is in it um and a bunch of other people. Anyway, 
But it's based on a book by Alice Hoffman, and it's actually a series of books. So there's four of them. Okay. In the Practical Magic series. And the they also are about, like, generations of women. Very strong, magical women um, who may be cursed if they fall in love. Ooh. So... Anyway, I just wanted to recommend those, given that we're, like, entering spooky season and, like you said, like, strong women with agency. And, you know, they're not, like, mysteries necessarily, but, you know, they're, yeah, whatever. I love a magical woman. Me too. Like, give me a witch any day of the year and I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. Makes me want to, like, go cultivate herbs, you know? Do it. There's There's never a reason not to. See, I'll take up cosplay and you're going to cultivate herbs. <laughs> okay, done. You can dress up as an someone herb. from Practical Magic. I was going to dress or up an as herb. an herb. Karen's going to dress up as like a leaf of peppermint. I'm basil. <laughs> I don't think, I, I'm not sure you're going to fit in with the cosplay scene. Am I, am, have I missed the point? Maybe I have. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you dress up as, like, super basil. Okay, okay. Yeah. A gauntlet thrown, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Done. An original character right off the bat. Um, Well, so, Karen, you, once again, did the research. So I am not going to recite it for you. Oh, my gosh. You need to deliver your own well-done research on... The 25th Nancy Drew book. This is our, we should have had, we need to do some sort of celebration, like 25. That's like our quarter centennial or something. I don't know. What do you call that? What should we do? I I don't know. I don't know. Should we like burn Ned at the stake? No, because Ned redeemed himself in this book for me. And I love Ned now. Hot take (laughs) after this. All right. (laughs) Um, Well, okay. Even though he kind of left Nancy stuck in a, poisonous elevator kelly he was there for the right reasons it's okay <laughs> you okay you know what that's fair he he actually was there for the right reasons you're right i haven't you're made right. a bachelor reference in too long so it was time <laughs> um so what i thought was would be interesting because when we started this podcast we were very fascinated by the fact that these the first books were written in like the late 1920s and it was the great depression and you could see a lot of that kind of impacting the plot lines yes and given that it's book 25, like time has elapsed now. And in the real world, as they were writing these, this book was published in 1948. When was the first one published? Like 1928 or 1929, I think. So 20 years have elapsed? Yes. Like one book a year? Between now and book 25. Wow. Well, that that kind of explains why they feel so different then. They do. They do. They do. Yeah. So I thought it would be good to do a lightning trivia round. Actually, I'm not going to make you answer these questions because I was like, oh, no, I I wouldn't have been able to answer a single one of them. But I just I was like, what was happening in 1948? Who knows? Okay, well, let me let me try. Okay, I'm trying to rephrase. Do you know who the president was? In when? In 1948. 1948. Uh. Roosevelt. No. Was I close? Yes. Who was it? Harry S. Truman. When was Roosevelt president? I don't Let's look that up. I don't. I wouldn't expect you to know that. I have no idea. 
<laughs> this is turning Also, in- I didn't specify which Roosevelt, but I went the one that was president in 1948, <laughs> <laughs> which he wasn't. Oh, hey, I was close, though. FDR was president this whole April of 1945. Okay. I'm impressed. Okay. I got, like, adjacent. Like, if that was a dart thrown at a dartboard, you would have gotten points for it. Thank you. Although, to be fair, if you had said which Roosevelt before I started Googling, I can't swear I wouldn't have said Teddy. (laughs) (laughs) The world will never know that. Well, they will because you confessed. But... (laughs) Um, the other thing that was going on big time was the Cold War. And yeah, okay. Every, you're a communist. Your mom's a communist. Your dad's a communist. Oh, I thought you were calling me a communist. Everyone's a communist. Like, Am wow. I? If it was the Cold War, I probably would be. It's <laughs> like, you know. So that was Get a whole thing. Um, let's see. Oh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that religious instruction in U.S. public schools violated the Constitution, and President Truman ended racial segregation in the military. Love it all. Um, my two favorite things, I mean, all of that is good. Mm-hmm. Not the Cold War. Great. This contest, is all coming but... out wrong. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, we're not thrilled that the Cold War happened. It's it's all great in terms of context for the book. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Yes. My favorite, probably my favorite fun fact, a literal monkey was launched into space that year and <laughs> his name was Albert Albert the monkey. Yeah. Did he did he make it back? I don't I'm not sure, but I did see that his name was Albert One, so I'm assuming there were oh, future no. monkey attempts, which <laughs> makes me feel worried for Albert. <laughs> so. Did Albert One return safely? <laughs> I'm scared to know the truth. Do you want me to lie to you? Oh no, he didn't. Oh no, I'm not there yet. But if it's if it's bad if it's bad, just lie. He came home and he's still alive. His name was actually Albert Two. <gasps> what? I don't know what happened to Albert One, but Albert Two was the first monkey in space. Oh, Karen, I'm really, really sorry to tell you, but that monkey did not make it back. Oh, MG, I am. I okay. We had to move on because I must his, his his parachute failed. What, Albert? Oh. Not on his person. On his on his return pod. On his still. on his spacecraft. Crux was still the same. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry to have to tell you about that. Oh, I found a picture of him. Is he cute? He's not. (laughs) (laughs) The total lack of hesitation. (laughs) No, he's not a cute monkey. I'm sorry. Well, Albert, I'm so sorry, my friend. Well, I have to move on because I'm upset. But the last fact Mm. that I have is that that is apparently the year that NASCAR was founded, which I do not care about but interesting in conclusion what a time to be a teenage sleuth (laughs) the the people were like you know we need a way to get our minds off the cold war let's uh drive cars race cars around a track just drive straight into walls (laughs) as fast as we can i'm devastated right now do you have anything that you'd like to say about 1948 my heart is broken um, shockingly, I do because I I did not know that it was going to go in this section of the show, but oh. it, now it fits. Um, uh, based on some things that happened in this book, which we'll get to, I assumed that the show Lassie was <gasps> airing during this time. Very logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not. So Lassie did not start until 1954. Get out of town. Means- 
I have to assume then that Nancy Drew inspired Lassie, not the other way around. Interesting. Well, I'm going to counter you. Mm -hmm. The original book was written in 1948. The rewrite of this book was probably in like the 70s. So what we have to do as historians is get our hands on the original and see if Togo is in the original doing Lassie-like things, and then we'll know. Okay. (laughs) You know what? Let's... Here's what we're going to do. I know that somebody out there read the original edition from 1948 of this book. So would you please let us know if A, Togo was in that book, and if B... Did I do A first? B, (laughs) if... Two... (laughs) Bullet point. (laughs) Roman numeral two. Um, uh, what was I saying? If Togo was in it and and if Togo pulled like a Nancy's hurt, find her. Nancy's maybe. fallen down the well. Yes. Correct. That's that's exactly right. I hope someone knows. Curious. Also, I have to tell you, as I was thinking about this and this whole Lassie thing, I've been watching a lot of Outlander and yes. reading a lot of Outlander. And honestly... I went, oh, like like a lassie. Oh. And then I went, oh, I guess the dog was a girl. Like, it had never occurred to me that I just, like, I just thought that was her name. I didn't go, like, what's a lassie? Oh, my gosh. I never thought about that. I Also, I did, is lassie the dog a girl? I Presumably, yeah, or else <laughs> she'd be laddie. <laughs> My, my mind is blown. I feel like this is making me feel better about Albert. Thank you for making me laugh. I'm coming back. You're welcome. <laughs> Everything's fine with Lassie. Oh, God. Yeah, they didn't shoot her into space as far as I know. <sighs> no more pets in space. I can't take it. Yeah. My pets in space? My nerves are shot. <laughs> uh, well, that's all I have, unfortunately, to contribute to 1948. That was huge. That was hu- You did a great job. When did Radium Girls happen? Oh, I don't know. Because there's a lot of phosphorescent stuff used in this book. Good point. We will find out. I'm just curious. We'll I'm follow look up. It up right now. 1930. Okay. Oh. Well, hopefully, then they'd figure it out to take the radium right on out of the paint. So. I hope so because all of our friends had lots of exposure in this book. <laughs> lots of exposure, <laughs> substantial exposure. Yeah. Well, that's actually a great segue to the one sentence plot because I'll, I'll describe the cover first. Please do. We have on the cover of this book the Clue Crew, aka Nancy Drew, Bess Marvin, and George Fane. Mm-hmm. And I would say they are like peering stealthily through a wooden varnish kind of door. They've got a large battery operated flashlight. And I would say that what's on the other side of the door to me looks like the swamps of hell. It is green, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is glowing. There is mm-hmm. this creepy ghostly human type creature playing a large organ mm-hmm. is, is this all fair perfectly described yes my other observation is that on this cover george has the exact same haircut as me and i don't know how i feel she about does, that actually give it I, I don't i don't know if i feel good about that because george is the well, worst but i don't associate i i think let's i think george's haircut is her one redeeming quality <laughs> 
<laughs> True. And I have never walked down the street and had someone say to me, you know how you look just like George Fane on the cover of Nancy Drew and the ghost of Blackwood Hall. So <laughs> not yet. If that if that were to happen, I will Karen, update you immediately. if that were to happen, I would give me a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the winner? Yes, absolutely. We had a lot of good entries this time too. We did. It was really hard and I, as always, but I have decided to go with the submission from Marie Mulqueen who wrote, Nancy, George, and Bess simply needed to put their foot down about Ned practicing 24-7 for the upcoming River Heights International Organist Competition, but who would draw the short straw to actually kick him out? (laughs) <laughs> I love that they decided it was Ned. The like swamp creature is Ned. And that Ned has a hidden talent for organing. Yes. Organ playing. And he's irritating everyone to the point that they want him mm-hmm. to leave. <laughs> I do like that you you like a competition entry. You know, I have two for two been mm-hmm. drawn in by that. It really yeah, makes so me... So for future entries, you know, either... <laughs> you're really going to have to make a decision either... Either including some form of competition in your entry is like a surefire win, or are we going to be intentionally discounting them in the future because we've had to? Because we've had to. I know. It's a gamble. It's a roll of the dice. Well, Karen, without further ado, I believe it's time for today's super fast plot. It is time, and I wrote this one from scratch. There was no Wikipedia assistance. I'm I'm proud of this one. You should be. I can already tell it's going to be a good one. Are you going to read it? I'm going to read it. Are you ready? Do it. I'm ready. A local jeweler brings a bereft woman named Mrs. Putney to Nancy's doorstep. Mrs. Putney has a major issue that no one can help her with but Nancy Drew. Literally. She's been visited by her husband's ghost, and the ghost says she can talk about it to no man or woman, but since Nancy is a girl detective, well, loophole, baby. It turns out her deceased husband's ghost told her to bury all of her jewels in a very specific spot in the forest for safekeeping. When Mrs. Putney retrieves the jewels to sell for cash, the jeweler lets her know they have all been swapped for fakes. Through some sleuthing, Nancy learns that a slippery jeweler named Howard Brex could have created these elaborate fakes. He's now in New Orleans, so the Clue crew hops on a bus jet and pops down to NOLA for the weekend. While there, they are followed by a strange woman pretty much the entire time and end up at a weird seance where a ghost pops out of the wall to speak to the attendees. They are then directed to see a spirit photographer who snaps their photos. A warning to ditch the case appears on Nancy's photo, and then the lights go out. Nancy is kidnapped and subsequently has to escape from the basement of an old house where she's being held captive. These ghosts mean business. More characters start popping up left and right, saying they have a daughter or a niece or a janitor that has been acting hypnotized and has stopped bringing home their hard-earned money. They've all had ghostly apparitions telling them to leave money in the woods, near a symbol of three crossed twigs. Sometimes they're told they're buying stock in Three Branch Ranch or donating to a three-branch orphanage. But no matter how you shake it, these three-branch people are ghosting people out of their cash. So many hijinks ensue. Nancy and Ned save a hypnotized girl from drowning in a lake. They trace the ghostly activities to Blackwater Hall, an abandoned mansion where the Clue crew spots a ghost playing an organ, a ghost disappearing through the walls, and several secret passages throughout the building. 
Nancy and Ned are almost murdered by quicksand, during which time Ned tells Nancy to save herself and leave him to die, but Nancy valiantly hauls him out of the morass to safety. At the end of the day, we learn there are three Brex brothers in cahoots, one of whom was the dodgy jeweler from New Orleans, and one of whom was the photographer in New Orleans. Their mother was a famous illegal medium, and they took her tricks of the trade to heart, using them to convince vulnerable people that their loved ones were telling them to disperse their worldly belongings via shady seances. Through the use of wax hands on fishing poles, glowing phosphorescent gases, and other theatrical effects, they scared the crud out of most of River Heights, but not Nancy Drew. With Ned in tow, she trails the crooks to their lair at Blackwood Hall and goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the villains who lock her up in a secret elevator with poisonous gas to end her sleuthing forever. But Nancy escapes, and with the entire police force behind her, sees that the Brex brothers and their female companions never haunt another scent out of anyone. Mrs. Putney apologizes for being mean to Nancy and not believing her for basically the entire book and gives her a fancy cameo ring from her dead husband's treasure trove. The end. Karen, you are such a good writer. Oh my gosh, stop it. I just really loved this book. I <laughs> had so much fun writing this because I thought this book was fantastic. It was perfect. And it was it was good. I enjoyed it too. I had to leave out a lot, so we'll talk about it in our favorite parts. But there, there were many, <laughs> many plot mm -hmm. points. <laughs> this one was action-packed for sure. Well, so with that, can you tell me and our listeners your general thoughts and musings? Yes, I would love to share them. So I have a I have a general thought and musing and then I have a question to pose to you. So stay tuned. I can't wait. Okay. So part A, section one, bullet point one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in an interesting twist, the things that we have frequently complained about in past Nancy Drew books, aka way too complicated and too many plot lines, and money fraud i don't know what you're talking about i've never complained about that <laughs> just kidding <laughs> like we had that's what this book was right like it was both of those things hugely complicated plot lots of characters running amok and fraud but for the first time it wasn't boring or convoluted i agree like, i completely right? agree yes i don't know why it worked in this one but it fully did and like I think it's because the action was more exciting, but like there was a moment there where I thought we were getting back into like mail fraud land and I was like, no, no, but we got over that little hump and like, it was great. Well so, said. Yes, I loved it. Yep. So here's my question for you. Okay. I know that very early in our podcasting days but like kind of repeatedly you kept bringing up how badly you wanted like a diabolical magician i did i forgot <laughs> about that and, and so my question is like is this is this a magician situation like or do you want like a real like tuxedo rabbit out of a hat like magic wand type evil magician oh that oh this is a great question and i would say this is so close it's mm -hmm. so close, but it's it's not quite what I was picturing. I'm picturing what yep. you described and more of a like, I'm going to saw my assistant in half type of person. Understood. You know? Mm -hmm. This is more like a diabolical mentalist. 
which can I redo my recommendation station? <laughs> I, I, I love that show so much. You do. How many times have you oh, watched The Mentalist? Several times. <laughs> all of it. Start to finish all of it. Like in order, all seasons. I Your recommendation has been taken. I'm going to watch it now. Woo woo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that concludes mine. How about you? General thoughts and musings? Um, first and foremost, I immediately on page one, huge sigh of relief. I'm like, Togo the dog is back. Yes. Yes. Togo has been gone for 15 books, maybe. (laughs) Right. I mean, he could have been in outer space for all we know. And I'm like, I (laughs) think I know Nancy a little bit better than to like adopt a dog and then be like, oh, this isn't working out. I'm going to give him to George. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where did Togo go? So Togo was not only back, but played a very central role in this. And Mm -hmm. I just couldn't have been happier. I love an animal. Um, Yes. So that tickled my fancy. Um, But in general, just to reiterate, I loved this book. It may have unseated my previous favorites. I just thought this Ooh. the stakes were well, very high. That's big talk. I know. The stakes were high. Like mm-hmm. the, very. the plot was very clear to your point. Mm-hmm. Nancy made really smart choices. Mm-hmm. She she had a lot of agency and saved the day mm-hmm. many times, but she also knew when to call for backup and say mm-hmm. some of this is above my pay grade, which I she did. felt I feel like she's grown. Agreed. Yes, there were definitely several times where she was like it's time to get the cops. And I was like, good job. Yes. And like she told Hannah every time she was leaving the house, she yes. and she informed others. She brought people with her every time. Five stars. She had her flashlight. Like <laughs> She she brought that flashlight. Like <laughs> nobody can accuse Nancy of not having learned anything in 25 books. Exactly. Exactly. She's so. like, I'm going to leave a note. I'm going to bring a radio so I can contact the police. Although in Ned's defense, that was his idea. Ned brought the radio. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. She brings a flashlight, which George clearly took away from her on the cover. I mean. Bless their didn't, hearts. Didn't like I'm just, I, yeah. I'm so proud. Our girl, our girl's grown up. We're learning. We're growing. <laughs> Kelly. I feel like I've spoken a lot. I read I read my essay on the plot summary. I want to hear what some of your favorite parts of this book Quick were. Quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy you said that because Quicksand. that was my favorite scene in the book as well. My favorite part. Would you like to um, describe it to the world? <laughs> sure. So Ned and Nancy are, I believe, they're on like a like a kind of a pseudo date which you know like nancy does she she uh veers off into investigative work yeah. well and while, while we're of, here <laughs> yeah but would you mind just doing just a real quick like tromp back through these woods at night and while they're tromping back through the woods at night um she full-on steps into quicksand and she can't stop ned fast enough and he full-on steps into quicksand and all of a sudden they are being sucked down into the quicksand and Ned is like, Nancy, don't panic. Use me as a lever, like push against my body to get yourself out. And she's like, I can't do that because I'll push you down further and I won't be able to get you out. And he basically is like, do what you got to do, girl. He's, yes. And, he goes, at, yeah. at least that way, one of us will survive. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so dramatic. dramatic. <laughs> yeah. And, um, she was like, no, like basically 
this captain's going to go down with her ship and if Nancy is the captain and Ned's the ship. And so they both just like <laughs> keep getting sucked down into this quicksand. And then, thank goodness, Ned hits the bottom. Like his feet, feet touch the bottom. So this was not even something that I'd ever considered before that like, I, I don't know. I guess I just thought that quicksand went like to, all the way through. To the core of the earth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> Same. Uh, um, and I was like, oh, there's there's a there's a touchdown point. Fantastic. So he touches down. Um, he's able to like, you know, get Nancy out somehow. Um, and she makes it out, I think, complete with shoes and everything. Like always. You know, yeah. Like no pumps were lost in the making of this quicksand scene. And she creates like a, she, she runs back to the boat, which luckily she hasn't sunk, which is like one of the first times ever. A miracle. In, in like the reason is possibly because she wasn't driving or paddling. She was just passengering. Um, So she runs back to the boat. She gets a rope. She comes back. She ties this rope around Ned and then throws her end over a tree branch and, like, drags him out. And it was the best. I was picturing when the quicksand was rising and it's like, now it's up to their chest. Now it's up to their neck. I was picturing that. To be be fair, the quicksand wasn't rising. They were sinking. Oh, my God. Uh, The quicksand was staying even. You're... Thank you. I'm just I just want to be accurate <laughs> in her description. It's not like the tide was coming. Okay, in. you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a quicksand expert, Kelly. It's literally, no, we, all, we all can't have majored in quicksand like I did, Karen. Literally, the first time in my life I've had a conversation about the physics of quicksand. So I'm... <laughs> I minored in Wiley e. Coyote and Anvils. So. <laughs> No problem. I was just picturing that scene from Titanic where they're trapped behind that metal door and like the water is mm. rising and rising and they drop mm-hmm. the keys. Yes. And they're oh, scrabbling. The most frustrating scene. Oh, that scene almost killed me. It was like really rose. Awful. Awful to behold. You can't do one thing. It was terrible. And I saw, I saw that and I'm like, they're, oh, they're going down. But I have a, another, were. another physics question. Oh, well. You've come to the wrong place. Apparently no. not, Miss Quicksand PhD, Dr. Quicksand over here. Doctor, you may call me Dr. Quicksand. <laughs> Going forward. There's a, <laughs> an illustration of this book, and the way she has this rope thrown over the tree, like, does that actually make it easier to hoist someone? Yes, she created a lever. But it's not like a pulley. Like, isn't the rope going to drag across that gnarled tree branch branch and create friction? And then it's going to shear off and Ned's going to fall back in. (laughs) I think it was a very stout tree branch. And very smooth. (laughs) But Karen, this is basic. Like you said, it's physics. So she created what we in the quicksand world (laughs) refer to as a fulcrum. But I knew you would know. Which would be the tree branch. So this is essentially like a seesaw. Like, you probably couldn't just walk up to me and pick me up and lift me over your head. Yes, Don't I could. Why. Yes, It'll I could. my feelings. But if we got on a seesaw, you could lift me over your head. Oh, my gosh. This is... A, a, a lever allows the person exerting the force, which in this case would be Nancy, to exert less force through the use of a fulcrum. Did you Google that? she applied the force directly to the item. I don't feel like this is organic. I feel like you Googled this in the time of crafting. Karen, 
Of course I Googled this. I took fun with numbers in college, okay? If that was just rolling off the tip of your... I was like... There were actual pictures on my tests in my physics class in college. Physics was the it was, worst. It was called physics for non-science majors. <laughs> and I was in there with a bunch of English majors and philosophy majors. And my professor was like, just show up. I and Honestly, you don't have to do anything. Just show up. I'm going to take attendance and that's all you have to do. I took like anatomy for theater people and i swear mm. a major portion of my homework was a coloring book <laughs> it's like where are the arms <laughs> i got an a plus <laughs> they're like here's a mirror tell us where your nose is <laughs> very good uh all right well thank you for teaching me how physics works i have a favorite thing mm-hmm. this is kind of like my togo favorite thing mm-hmm. this is the first time i think no, I'm questioning myself. Hannah Gruen goes on the adventures. Mm-hmm. She's part no, of the sleuthing. Right. She's like, she is. I'm. They get to Blackwood Hall to like rescue Nancy, and Hannah's like, I'm going in. Like, where's my girl? Mm-hmm. Like, Hannah is sleuthing with them. Oh yeah, I loved it. She comes to the rescue. Yes, she. I mean, she. She like. She was. If this were a movie, at the eleventh and a half hour. It would be Hannah bursting through the doors with the police to come save the day. Exactly right. That's what she did. I mean, literally, that's what she did. I it's I, I hate that she didn't get a chopper like Carson did last time, but may, maybe one of these days. I'm kind of picturing now, and if anyone does end up watching my recommendation of Lou, I'm going to just start mm. assuming that Hannah Gruen is actually like a Lou character <gasps> undercover. Ooh. Okay. It'll give you a whole new lens with which to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it tonight. Um, that's that's very interesting. Like you know, we've been picturing Hannah as like a very like you know bread baking, matronly, you know, hoovering, yeah, floral arranging, yeah, prom dress hemming. Correct, and actually, maybe she is like like maybe Nancy's mother's dying wish was like I'm going to call mm. in a favor to this person who I know is going to protect my daughter. Maybe maybe Nancy's mother was killed. Oh my gosh! Spinoff series. Maybe, maybe she was like maybe she was like poisoned, and so she had time to prepare for her death, but she knew she had been murdered, so she called in like ex-FBI agent. A.K.A. Hannah Gruen. Kelly, say no more. You're giving away our, our next side hustle. <laughs> My gosh, we've got so many side hustles. I know. Lord, we're going to have to start a new tier of Patreon. I'm busy with I'm busy with cosplay now, so I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um... So here's here's my here's one of my favorite parts, okay? We almost had a twin situation with the criminals. Yes. And then we did not. I So do yes. you think there was like some feedback offered at some point that like enough with the twins, Carolyn? That is my best guess because we are not the only people that have made this observation. No. Well, I see people talk about this. Our friend Jake, who listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. We love you, Jake. Like, all of us are like, enough with the twins already. So, Oy. yeah. I am confident. I'm not confident. But maybe, yes, maybe someone said, I'm sensing a theme here. And so they were like, okay, no. so for this book, we're going to have not twins 
And like triplets is a little too good. But we'll just have three brothers that all look exactly yeah. like each other and have the same and, voice. And we're going <laughs> to let the boat survive too. You know yeah. what? Let's just really break the mold. I was I, yeah. I was like, I don't even know what to expect anymore. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I thought we were getting ready to have a classic Bob Newhart situation here. I don't know what that means. Okay, so <laughs> the very first episode of the Bob Newhart show... We get introduced to three brothers. Okay. And they walk in. They're like kind of handymen that have been hired to clean up the place. And it's they, the first brother walks in and he goes, hi, my name's Larry. And this is my brother, Daryl. And this is my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> so I thought we had a Larry, Daryl, and Daryl moment on our hands. We kind of did. And then did. I was like, we kind of did. I yeah. love that. And now I will watch the Bob Newhart show. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Karen, you're up. Next favorite part. Uh, trip to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Have you been to New Orleans? I have been to New Orleans. I went once in college for a class that I was taking called Literary New Orleans. And it was fantastic. And I, it's such a beautiful city. OMG. I think, I, I mean. Do you want to go? Can we go? Yeah. It's a girl's trip? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. One of my, like, I had many favorite parts, but walking around the beautiful old houses and like cemeteries in the Garden District and... I got to see Anne Rice's house. She, I didn't know she lived in New Orleans. Oh, she does. And her house, well, R.I.P. Anne Rice, Anne Rice passed away, right? Yeah. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't even talk about it. That is so upsetting to me. Um, I saw Anne Rice's house. Looks exactly like what you're picturing in your mind, without question. And also, Trent Reznor, the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, has a house there. It looks exactly like what you think. It, oh, it is such an amazing city. I mean, city. I'm picturing, like haunted mansions basically correct you nailed it okay. yeah and so i love did i did i did i nine inch nail it <laughs> <laughs> i love you so much i love you i'm not proud i love you more every day I, just, I, could, I couldn't i couldn't not do it like... <laughs> nine inch nailed it um i just i loved the whimsy of all of this too because they're like there may or may not be a very flimsy I just used whimsy and flimsy in the same sentence. <laughs> there was this very flimsy lead. Like maybe there's a guy who's maybe in New Orleans who maybe might know something about forging jewels yeah. who was once in River Heights. And they're like, you want to go tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Let's just go. You're cool with that, dad, right? I know. My, I loved how she was like, dad was supposed to take me on a father-daughter trip but maybe i can ditch him and just take my girlfriends instead <laughs> loved that <laughs> loved it oh, that's too good i um i have never been to new orleans and i'm dying to go and i want to do all of the things that you said <gasps> there's oh, it's particularly so the spooky stuff there's uh, it, there is like you are surrounded by like ghost tours galore i mean oh also the music is incredible oh food 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 amazing Mm -hmm. um i will just say that like of their little visit to new orleans the church of eternal harmony is hands down the most terrifying string of words i've ever heard all put together at once oh yeah you should tell people about that because i didn't really talk about it that much in the one sentence plot well, so they go down there and like they're following like, you know, these kind of very like like you said flimsy clues and they they pass like an alley or something. I think they're following someone, right? They're following the woman from the plane that's following them and they kind of do like a they do like a 
switcheroo. Uh, a switcheroo, right? They hide and then now they're following her and they follow her to this place where they're doing seances, but it's called the Church of Eternal Harmony. And I was like, that just gives me like a full body chill. Like, Same. Just, don't like that at all. Also, coincidentally with the Church of Eternal Harmony is... This is the one thing that Bess is apparently not freaked out by. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. You're so right. She's the one who's like, here's your $2. Yes, I would like to attend a seance. Come along, pals. They're both trying to talk her out of it. And she's like totally in it. And I'm like, I want to get inside Bess Marvin's head. Like, she is the biggest scaredy cat, which no, no shade because she's always right. But in this situation, she's like... Yes, I big time want to talk to some spirits. That is so true. And and you raise a good point because Nancy and George were like, a hard pass. I'm out of mm-hmm. here. But they turned around and Bess has already paid her $2 and gone in. So they have mm-hmm. no choice but to go in. And had they not done that, I don't know that we would have solved this mystery in the end. I don't know that we would have. Huh. Yeah. Huh. All thanks to Bess. So yet again, yet again, Bess Marvin Mm -hmm. is the true hero of this tale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So is it my turn? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I've got three that I'm going to compile as one, which is ghosts, hypnosis, and ventriloquists. Oh my. (laughs) So I buckled up. Like we've like, I just kept thinking, like, what in the inception is happening right now? Like, with these dream ghosts that everybody keeps falling for? Yes. I mean, you know, I, we have all had those, like, incredibly realistic dreams where you think you're awake. But I don't know. I think after my dead husband came to me, like, four or five times and told me to do very specific things with my asset management like in, that I might be yes. like, I'm going to pinch myself before I move any bonds around, you know? Yeah. Like all of a sudden he's like, I think the Apple stock's about to go up. You should. Exactly. The Dow, the Dow's looking really good this sell, week, Betsy. Sell. Like, right. come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's all these dream ghosts. I got to say one of my favorite parts in this whole show, in, the, in this whole show, in this whole book was when, they, they're talking to one of the young women that is being swindled. Her name is Sadie. And they're po- they're posing as Sadie's ghost, okay, to try to, like, snap her out of it. Or to try to, to basically try to, like, inception her not to give money away anymore. Yes, they're like, the only thing this yeah. woman will listen to is a ghost. Another ghost. So we're going to have to pretend to be a ghost and yeah. give her different information. <laughs> it's exactly right. So this is my favorite part. Like fake ghost i think it's Bess, comes in and goes sadie i'm your grandfather on your grandmother's side of the family (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so good it's so perfect um so yeah so so all of that and then we've got all of this weird hypnosis that apparently is like like really sinks its little fingers into the subconscious enough that like Lola just about drowns herself under hypnosis. Um, and then later is is like left home, taken a job, carried on like a whole nother life all under hypnosis. But then they're able to break her out of it with like another fake ghost encounter. I Yes. And I didn't, it, it took me a couple of tries to wrap my mind around this. Actually, I still haven't, but 
with hypnosis, my understanding is that there's like an inciting incident that will put you back in that state. The like, every time you hear a chicken cluck, you will, you know, every time you hear a bell ring and the hypnosis that these villains have performed is that it's every time you see the beckoning hand, you will go into this. They keep talking about the beckoning hand, which is literally a wax hand on the end of a fishing hook on a fishing pole Mm. that they have put this glowing green phosphorescent stuff on. And so they just like fishing hook, reel it down. And these people see this (laughs) green dangling wax hand and then they go into a hypnotic state and they're like, I must give all of my money to the three branch ranch. (laughs) Yeah. You're probably twin orphans somewhere. I love it. Um, Do you also remember the last time we saw phosphorescent? material being used was it on a horse it was on a horse we 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 painted a horse in shadow ranch the mystery of shadow ranch yes yeah and that's how we got a ghost horse and the person that was doing it had a really funny name too it was like spiky or something (laughs) oh gosh what was it they had one of those really great names we've got oh is it shorty shorty i okay i have one thing that i would like to say in terms of my favorite parts. And this will be my last favorite part, but you brought this up early in the episode. I really stan Ned after this book, as the young people okay. say. Say more. I think he was just a stand-up guy in this book. Okay. He, I, I kind of agree with you, to be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, the man was like, step on my head and push me into this quicksand <laughs> to save your life. You are more valuable to this world than I am. We cannot. I, think I expect that from my dates, though, <laughs> which is why I'm single. <laughs> I look forward to your next quicksand adventure. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you. I don't. Don't go in quicksand. He just immediately was like, "The world needs Nancy Drew." And then he also in the 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 denouement at Blackwood Hall, he like brought a radio. He called the cops. Like. He he did. he he did the most in terms of he did he did a good job you're right and he's and he, he and he also took her on dates he did like, all of which went terribly and yet he still sticks around he she is he straight up using him and no she is and he's into her at one point I wrote down they're in the canoe and he goes Nancy I wish and then he gets interrupted by mystery and I was like. <laughs> Like, I think the girl, like, walking into the water. And I was like, Ned, what do you wish? He wa- He's like, I wish know. we could just go to the Red Lobster and have one mm-hmm. quiet Can meal. One meal. <laughs> one. It's all I want. Before <laughs> Scooby-Doo comes running in and you have to chase. I just, I, fe- I feel for him. I am turning a, I'm turning a corner with Ned. And <coughs> we'll see if it holds up, but... That's my well. Okay, so here, so here's my last one. Okay, and they're Carson related. Okay, so oh Carson, we haven't. There were two Carson about moments. Him. I know. So Carson, there were two Carson things that I wrote down, and I thought they were both hilarious. So the first one is, is that when Nancy is trying to find this like jewel thief dude who's in New Orleans, she winds up at Carson's office to go through like rap sheets, I guess, and she's given 
a loose leaf binder that's filled with national felons. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was like, it's just like a trapper keeper. And like, I will forever now think of that as the felon files. Oh, my God. And you said trapper keeper. And I'm picturing absolutely Lisa Frank on the cover. <laughs> absolutely. Unicorns, hot air balloons, the whole the whole nine yards. A rainbow. Oh. Felons. Yeah. Um, also, okay. There is this moment where Nancy really wants to go snoop around Blackwood Hall. And she tells Carson, but Carson is not feeling comfortable with her, like, breaking and entering. Which is called, in short, Karen, is a B and E. <laughs> I know that now. <laughs> Thank you for teaching that to me in episode two when I had never heard that. <laughs> We're just, this is just a callback. So, um, anyway, Carson goes, like, like... I don't want to throw Carson's legal expertise into question, but... Uh, I think that would be fair if... But maybe a little bit. But I am not convinced that civilians can get warrants to search private property just because their daughters are curious. But that's what happens. Well, to me, what that said was that there's some, you know, handshake shady stuff. Good guys, though, that it may be. He he almost almost verbatim says like, "All right, if you want a warrant, I'll call my buddy, Police Chief McGinnis. He'll hook it up." That's exactly what he says. He's like yes. he's like he'll he'll make it happen. Like okay, kiddo, I'll get you your warrant, mom. mom. And I but was just like, to be clear, like the sheriff cannot issue warrants. <gasps> Can the police chief? He's a police chief. Is that no, the same? I think that has to come from a judge. If I have learned anything from Law and Order SVU, which. I actually feel fairly confident about this. I think a judge has to issue a warrant. I don't like this, Kelly. No, it feels it's do- it's wrong. I don't like it. Yes. Okay, that concludes. My- also, Howard Brax is kind of hot. Oh, there's a picture of him. I agree. Yeah, and I kind of cute. There's a, an illustration where Nancy is about to get captured in the el- the secret elevator in Blackwood Hall, and Howard Brex pops out, and he's very good looking. <laughs> He's very good looking. I mean, his his brother looks like his other brother Daryl for sure, but he's cute. He's he's real. Cute. He's also very well dressed. I had the same reaction. He's I got was a like, great hat. Oh, mm-hmm. what a handsome! I guess you know mm-hmm. the jewel forgery really pays. <laughs> I guess it must. <laughs> well, he's in the slammer now, so don't get your hopes up. Womp, 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 womp. Um, I would like to move on to you for our my favorite part of the podcast. It would have been awesome if. So amazing. Please rewrite this novel, Kelly. How do we shore up this plot? (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's little to be done. Okay. I was, I was starting to get nervous because I was like, I don't think I can make any improvement upon this. And yet I have found a way. So I wanted a slightly different, we captured the criminals moment that would have allowed Something to come full circle. Okay? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. So it would have been awesome if Nancy and Ned, at the end of the book, had gone to Blackwood Hall and turned all of the, like, tricks of the house against the criminals (gasps) and scared them to death into thinking that the place actually was haunted. Genius. And, and, like, chase them out into the woods. Um, And Ned and Nancy then chase them straight into the quicksand (gasps) so like at the you know at the end then when 
Hannah and the cops show up, the criminals are already trapped in the quicksand that Ned and Nancy got sucked into like a couple days earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I just, I wanted that quicksand, like I loved it, right? Like we clearly love the quicksand, but like I wanted it to become a tool in their toolkit, not just like a temporary impediment. Yeah. You've, you've turned, literally turned the tables. Also, my husband will love this because I was reading this on the couch on Sunday. It was pouring down rain, thunderstorming, and I'm just devouring this book. And I yelled, there's quicksand in this book. (laughs) And he immediately came out and very thoughtfully said, I feel like you don't get a lot of quicksand anymore. Like quicksand had a heyday, like in our youth. It it was like in every, in there's like a quicksand thing in like Star Wars, I think. Like there was oh, just yeah. quicksand willy nilly left and right. And you don't you don't see that anymore. So he was very excited. It, it, it was exciting to see it come back for sure. Yes. So that's that's really my primary. It would have been awesome if moment. That's beautiful. It's the best I could do on this masterpiece. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, so. Do we have any new additions to add to Nancy's resume, Karen? We do, actually. I don't know why I said actually like that's surprising. There's There are always more. Okay, I have three for you. Okay. Um, as a recent home buyer, I've now mm-hmm. learned what home inspectors do. Mm-hmm. I gave yes. Nancy the resume item of certified home inspector. And honestly, mm-hmm. had she been available, I would have hired her to inspect this house before I bought it. <laughs> She would have done a good job. Like, there could be secret passages all over the place in this be. bungalow. She would have found them. Yeah. She would have. She's. T- yeah, she would have. There's a whole chapter where she's talking about, like, inspecting seams and walls and where the foundation has pulled away from, like, the blah, blah, blah. And, like, this yeah. must mean that something has happened. And she can yeah. walk through a secret passage and assess, like, where the outspout is going to be on the property <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and, like amazing yeah it's gonna be yes and if i recall correctly uh if she can't find the notch to the secret panel she's coming back with a hatchet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she's just gonna start busting down non-load bearing walls which feels pretty inspectory i bless i loved that i loved that so much um i also gave her the line item of paranormal investigator obviously yes and like i i know that we have had ghosty things before but these were the most realistic ghosts we've ever encountered they really were and they were they were aggressive yes yes they were yeah. grabbing throats and slamming door oh they yeah did. they were grabbing lots of throats and she just had like full nerves of steel everyone around her thought they were actual ghosts and she was unfazed she wa- she even she walks up to the ghost that's playing the organ and is like, "Huh. Interesting ghost." <laughs> hmm. Wonder where the hidden passage is. Correct. Um and then the last and I wrote this sheerly to make you laugh, which is my number one goal in life. Um <laughs> in the art of the theater world, there's something called the quick change. And this uh, is, yes, I'm familiar. This mm-hmm. is when one has to dart off stage, change full costumes as quickly as possible, and then be back on stage. Mm-hmm. Nancy is a quick change master. She she is at that. I know exactly what you're going to say. There is a scene in this book, and I I can't remember exactly which one it is, but she has basically been caught in a deluge or fallen into a swamp. She is destroyed from head to toe. She gets home destroyed from head to toe. 
walks in the door and goes, oh no, I have a date with Ned in 15 minutes. And by God, that woman, it, it says she showers, she dries her hair, she changes her clothes, and she is on time for that date with Ned in 15 minutes. I was like, I can't shower in 15 minutes. No. I like, I have, as mentioned previously, my hair is as short as George's hair on the cover of this book. And I would be out of the house in 34, maybe, on a good day. But but anyway. She's, she's a master of disguise and quick changes. Quick change. Theater. Mm-hmm. Theater. Ta-da! <laughs> um, do you have any lingering questions about this book before we part yeah here's my question was was blackwood hall tricked out with all of these like hidden passageways and like the fake organ and the like you know between floors hidden dumbwaiter and all of that by the original owners or was it like retrofitted by the criminals because that seems like a lot of work to do that but is... if it wasn't them that did that, well, then who were these monsters that owned the house? I think, oh, you raise a great point. I think I'm going to choose to believe this was done by the original owners. It was part mm-hmm. of the blueprint. Though this was not said in this book, we have had secret passages before that were explained to us as part of like the Revolutionary War or something. Fair point, yes. So I think perhaps these were like, safe like, rooms like, yes like, get to yeah. the servants Panic quarters yeah. like etc i don't know that were being taken advantage of and used for nefarious means yeah i think so that's yeah. that's my hypothesis okay i'll accept that i still want to know why there was a real organ and a fake organ oh but... yeah i don't know i don't i don't know i have no i have no I, I, response maybe, to maybe, that. maybe they retrofitted that that specific element i think so, so. that seems like yeah. a a criminal heist a shenanigan how about you any questions my only question is more of a world of nancy drew strategic question i just mm-hmm. it is so weird to me that in several of these books someone is so desperate to get something back they're like my mm-hmm. my antique clock or like my husband's signet ring or my daughter's ballerina i don't know whatever and then nancy Spends all of this time, all of this effort, almost loses her life. And then they're like, as a thank you for completing this mystery, here's my husband's (laughs) signet (laughs) ring. And to me, that would almost feel like a little bit of a middle finger. Like, I just almost died six times to get this back for you. And this is how much Mm -hmm. it mattered to you that you're just like, thank you. Here, you could just have this. I would be like, my hourly rate is, (laughs) insert number here. (laughs) Pay me. Yeah, I don't. I don't want your clock, lady. My invoice is on the way. Yes, I, I mean we talk about this all the time, but like Nancy needs to start billing appropriately. She does, and Mrs. Putney, this horrible woman in Ugh. this book, even says to her, "I know you don't accept accept payment." And I'm like, "Who like, started you know? this rumor?" Because yeah. how, how how do you know? I didn't hear you offer to pay her. Agreed. Agreed. In fact, you've just been a jerk the whole time, Mrs. Putney. So, like, pound sand. Hated Mrs. Putney. Anyway, Ugh, I know I rant about this all the time, but Nancy needs a paycheck. She needs to know her worth. <sighs> well, all of this being said, we have reached the point of the podcast where we get to rate the ghost of Blackwood mm. Hall. And this week, we shall <laughs> rate it out of a 12 possible 
ghostly apparitions. <laughs> Kelly, what is your rating? I rate it 11 out of 12 ghostly apparitions. <gasps> I will defend my answer. That's a great score, but... I, hmm. It is. Okay. It's high. So, obsessed with the appearance of quicksand. Same. Thrilled that Togo's back and getting to, like, lassie around River Heights. Same. Um, however, minus one ghostly apparition because we didn't get to eat any etouffee or beignets in New Orleans because George is, like, too busy counting Bess's calories to live a life. Oh, good point. Good point. George yeah. was the worst in this one. Yes. The worst. Yeah. Yep. How about you? What do you give it? I gave it 12 out of 12 ghosts. <gasps> a strong rating. I, and I stick with it i loved like honestly ned was willing to sacrifice his life for nancy yeah and uh hannah gruen got to go sleuthing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and most importantly nancy yet again gave me confidence that a ghost is not going to pop out and eat me and i need that Uh, from time to time (laughs) just a gentle reminder it's just a guy with phosphorescent gas which frankly i think is a little scarier but Hey, it's just a wax sleep at night. Just a wax hand on a fishing pole. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, well, what it's like it's like the prequel to Saw. <laughs> oh, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what shall we read next, sister of mine? Next week, and I know this is going to come as a surprise to a lot of people, but we're going to be reading <laughs> Nancy Drew and the Clue of the Leaning Chimney. A Nancy Drew book? I know. And it is, in fact, the next one in the series. So number 26. I'm stunned. The Clue of the Leaning Chimney. I've been rendered speechless. Not really. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, If you are so inclined, please rate, review, subscribe to a podcast, uh, tell a friend. And you can find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. And if you are so inclined, please consider becoming a Helen Corning friend on Patreon, which is basically just a bestie of the show. Um, We'll give you a shout out. You get to help select super sleuth titles, super sleuth titles. And you can do that at patreon.com slash it's a clue podcast. In conclusion, I get to tell us what we learned today and Nancy Drew and the Ghost of Mm. Blackwood Hall. And usually we have so much fun writing these. Like what is... (laughs) What is the ultimate takeaway of this book? If you can only have one. And I didn't have to write one this week because basically the last line of the book, Bess Marvin said it all. It never pays to flim flam the public. And with that, happy happy sleuthing. sleuthing. It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. <laughs>